0: The following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night. Late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help. And on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver here with author and speaker, June Hunt. Well, June, you would... uh, (laughs) People don't hear what happens before we get on the radio. So I was (laughs) completely joking to you as you were talking about uh, marriage... Communication specifically that that uh, there are some do's and don'ts, and I told you I have never had any problem with communication. Never in my never. marriage, all twenty five <laughs> plus years of it, and uh, and my wife would tell you otherwise, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but so help us, uh, this is very hmm. practical for me now, and uh, we we always need a kind of a refresher on that. What are some do's and don'ts in communication?
1: You see, your wife did call me, and she <laughs> said, "Would you please?" talk about this to help Jeff. So oh, <clears throat> not really, but <laughs> actually we all need help in this area. And uh, what I have found is um, before beginning a conversation, there are some principles of open and honest communication and um, even how to share About yourself, because some people think, "Well, no, I I can't talk about myself." No, if there's going to be moving toward a type of a type of intimacy, intimacy is a friend of mine, Jeff Jim Cress used to say, "Intimacy is into me." See, and I thought, isn't that interesting? Uh, But it can be uncomfortable. Uh, However, discomfort isn't really justification for avoiding uh, significant dealing with, uh, I'll just say, uh, reality, or dealing with the issues that could block a relationship. And so there are right ways and wrong ways uh, to talk, right ways uh, to help you connect, and uh, some wrong ways that throw up barriers so these are some of the principles. Uh, the first is, don't interrupt. Um, last night, I was with with someone that I know well, and I, I watched how um, a wife would continue to interrupt. And I thought, hmm, I, I, I didn't say anything, but you know, in essence, what we're saying is, don't cut people off when they're speaking. Instead, listen and allow people to finish speaking. And by the way, there's a very interesting scripture. Proverbs 18:13 says, "To answer before listening, that is folly and shame." Uh, number two, don't force anything. Don't force the communication. Don't don't make people feel they must talk about something if they feel uncomfortable talking about it. Instead, we are to show respect, uh, respect for people's boundaries about what they're willing to discuss. Sometimes it's, it's the right message at the wrong time, and you have to wait for God's timing. And the Bible says, "Show proper respect to everyone," and that is being respectful. First uh, Peter two verse seventeen. Now, this third issue is important. Um, don't minimize feelings. What we're saying is, don't don't ignore another person's feelings, or treat their feelings as trivial. Um, that means, and I've heard many people say, oh, "Oh, you shouldn't feel that way." Well, if they feel it, they feel it. But you, there's a whole different way to deal with that. Um, instead, seek to understand their f- feelings. Um, be sympathetic. Be compassionate. And and that is a biblical principle. First um, Peter three eight says, "Be sympathetic. Love." One another be compassionate and humble now I'll tell tell you one thing that's a killer for communication and that is lying don't lie don't twist the truth or tell half-truths um, th- 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 then you're losing credibility instead speak the truth in a manner that is loving and there's a very concrete scripture about that we will speak the truth in love speak the truth in love by the way what is love love is not this ooey gooey emotion that's not what the the bible is referring to speaking the truth is in love love in this case is agape love that seeks the highest good of the other person. So when you... Because and, and, some people say, well, I, I, I really don't love this person. Since God tells us even um, that we are to love our enemies, uh, that means you seek what is in the highest good of a, an enemy. The point is, um, the Bible says, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. So, perhaps we need to learn how to love. And at one time, I knew nothing about biblical love. I knew nothing about... I used to think, well that just must be some ideal, it it can't be real. And I was wrong, I was wrong. So pray that God will help you communicate in the right way.
2: Are you struggling with a difficult life issue? Maybe it's a family problem, a private struggle, or something in your past you've never resolved. The good news is you're not alone. Sometimes we need to talk things through with someone who will listen to our story and help make sense of what we're experiencing. For more than 20 years on Hope in the Night, June Hunt has listened to thousands of personal stories, heartaches and challenges from people like you, and provided compassionate counsel from God's word. No matter what the issue is, family, marriage, anxiety, abuse, grief, or just the daily stresses of work and life, June would love to talk with you and share help and hope through God's Word. If you'd like to talk with June on Hope in the Night, give us a call at 1-800-917. We'll protect your privacy and sharing your story might bless someone else's life. Give us a call today at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817.
3: The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope
0: Welcome back I'm Jeff Oliver you're listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE, Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help guide you to God's hope through our resources. June was just sharing information from our Keys for Living on Intimacy. That's called the Road to Deeper Relationships. If you'd like to learn more about that and look deeper into the what she was talking about there and, and uh, specifically communication, and uh, there's a lot more explored there in the Keys for Living on Intimacy, again called the Road to Deeper Relationships. Customer support will help you get that into your hands. So the number is 800 488 hope That's 800 488 467 Three. Is there something going on in your life and you'd like to get some perspective on that? You'd like to talk to June Hunt on a future broadcast of Hope of the Night. We'd like to introduce uh, you to her and uh, welcome you to call us at 800 uh, seventeen. That's 800 night 17 and when you call, just leave a detailed message for us. We'll get back to you and talk to you about what questions you have and being on an upcoming hope in the night. We do have availability in the coming days. We'd like to have you as a part of the program here. The number again, eight hundred night seventeen that's eight hundred six four 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 eight one seven. Well, we want to welcome to this evening's program, David.
1: Well, hi, David. Welcome to Hope.
4: Thank you very much, June. long time listener. Thank you for having me on.
1: Well, I'm honored that you'd be with us this evening. What is on your mind?
4: Um, well, I've, I've got some—I got several issues, but they're all tied to marriage. Um, my wife and I were married about uh, twenty. We've been married a little over twenty-two years. Yeah, we have three kids. Oh. Um, two are still home. One is in college. Um, But um, we're having some major uh, issues in our marriage. A lot of it is trust. Um, uh, It goes all the way back to when we first got married. Um, We've had in-law problems with um, my side, her in-laws, my family. Um, Mm -hmm. Typical mother-in-law, daughter-in-law battles. Um, Nothing... Crazy, uh, but just um, no leaving and cleaving, is basically what it boils down to. Um,
1: so, who so. was the one is that you're thinking? Um, is um, was it hard for her to leave and cleave? Was it hard for no, you it, to?
4: It was, it was my mother, very uh, codependent and very. Uh, in a, a very enabled family um, that I grew up in, so um,
1: uh-huh.
4: I grew up uh, in those environments where just mom would guilt trip a lot. and so it was always a bad feeling you know when mom was not happy. It, it was feelings of guilt and that carried on into my adulthood life.
1: Okay, so she would make you feel guilty that she that you needed to respond to her, uh, that you needed to do what she wanted you to do, and because of the unhealthy uh, upbringing you had, this is what I'm hearing, you tell me if I'm wrong, um, then because of you seeking to please her, because that's what is typically... Uh, the case where there can be an unhealthy mom uh, and if they are going the direction of basically you must do everything that I tell you to do in an unhealthy way, um, the, the classic manipulative ploy is guilt. Um, and it's a guilt game that's not fun. And right. yet... At Uh, times, you don't know what to do. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're able to see what the setup was. Well, because, yes.
4: That's that's just one facet of it. So, um, yes, now I I do see that it took years. Um, We've been through counseling before. We went through counseling within the first. Like the first six years of marriage, um, then again, after about year fifteen, and uh, just recently we went through. We went through sessions. They weren't these sessions now weren't with a, like a professional counselor. These were quote unquote trained volunteers from the church. Um, hmm. So I don't want to draw this out, but the story is a pretty long story. I mean, I've listened to your uh, prologue of uh, communication, and so there's no infidelity on either side, but there's no trust for my wife. I have lied to her before over some really inconsequential things. Um, Instead of being just straightforward, honest with her, and being the whole truth, like, something as simple as, um, cleaning up the kitchen, not cleaning it up too well, and not saying anything, and then she comes in, and the kitchen's not clean, and she's, you know, blaming the kids, and I just don't say anything. And so, she, you know, I don't take the blame, I just don't say anything. Um, and a lot of it is misunderstandings that get that have gotten taken for lies. But here's where it gets convoluted June is that um, my wife at this point has so much distrust that she has cameras all over the house. Um, I get blamed for I mean, like today, the bushes are, are browning, and so it's my fault that the bushes are browning because I'm doing something in her mind. My wife has this paranoia that I'm doing something to get back at her, or I do things to get back at her. Um, I know that she has smelled some things around the house that I don't smell, and I think that's where it started. Um, That uh, she, with the cameras, saw something on the camera where, I was spraying something and I've asked to see to clear things up but I she she won't show me she won't show mm. me what's going on she just says that I uh, you, you need to confess you just need to confess things you just need to confess what you're doing so there's this convoluted thing about being blamed for a lot of things that's been going on for about a year and a half um, so this last counseling session I was just really depressed. And really, it's really painful, so this session, and I say quote counselor, but it made, it really started out from the jump as 2 one as to, well, when he's ready to confess, give him time. He'll confess when he's ready to confess. And I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. There's nothing to confess, but she was so gun ho on me confessing stuff, so... I just got to the point where I just started confessing things that I hadn't done, even things that she blamed me for. I just started to confess them, just to um, mm-hmm. hopefully just begin to let her see, okay, well, at least he's he's coming around. Um, but it backfired. Um, the strategy backfired, of course, I mean, now... I'm really a liar because she can't trust anything I say. Um, But there's this continuous thing of things that are happening that I can't explain that I get blamed for. Um, Again, with odors or things that she smells. Um, um, Stuff from the video camera that is uh very explainable, even things as far as just getting going to get in the mail like I'm hiding something for I've been blamed for I've been blamed for stealing money from the family um, earlier in our marriage I did hoard uh, money but i I don't see how that's stealing money from the family but especially my wife got sick she got ill and uh about eight years and she has not had uh, sustainable income so i've been working sometimes 30 hours outside of my normal job um to meet the needs of the family um, and i still get blamed for stealing when sometimes money's short um so I, i'm trying to be as short as i can with this but it's very very convoluted uh, to kind of go into.
1: Well, I'm going to identify with a few things that you just said. I remember being with a, um, actually being very close friends with someone who was a perfectionist. And I remember I would be blamed for certain things And there would be an impasse. And um, so I did exactly what you did. I started confessing when I knew I hadn't done anything wrong, but it was just to get past the impasse. That's what you're saying, isn't it?
4: Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Um,
1: So I just want you to know, I went, when I finally realized that that doesn't work, and you've already recognized it doesn't work, um, it, it is healthy to, to realize that um, what we do, and you, you explained it beautifully, very concretely, what then occurred is then you were now considered a liar um one of the things that um I, I can promise you and i i when i finally realized what i was doing i remember i was uh i don't know I, I think i was in my 30s and uh i i remember asking a large group how many of you have ever admitted that you did something wrong even though you weren't guilty but you said you were wrong admitting just to get past the impasse and I expected maybe four or five out of a group of a hundred plus people 75% of the room raised their hands 75% so what you have said is you've learned something that doesn't work and that's healthy. and I know that there's so much more. Uh, by the way, I don't have a good smeller. I, 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 I uh, actually this same person who is the perfectionist, she had a fabulous smeller and she said, why you know she, she couldn't understand why I couldn't smell a banana peel and she said you have to always uh, put your banana peel in a bag and throw it away. I'd never heard of that and I was being blamed for being insensitive for the banana peel. I know what it's like to have somebody who just continues to blame.
5: Struggle to believe that God loves you, that He accepts you, forgives you, and sees you as precious and beloved to Him? So many of us have a distorted image of God that He is distant, disappointed, or doesn't care about what's going on in our lives. The truth is, God cares about you more than you believe. We want to encourage you to check out June Hunt's popular 31 day devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes. You will gain biblical insight to help embrace the life-changing truth of the identity you have through your relationship with Jesus Christ. We give this devotional to every caller on Hope in the Night, and we give praise to God for how it has been used by Him to change so many lives for so many years. Get a copy of June Hunt's devotional, Seeing Yourself Through God's Eyes, for yourself or for a loved one at junehunt.org. That's junehunt.org. We would love your prayers here
6: at Hope for the Heart. Over and over in God's Word, the Lord encourages us to lift up one another in prayer. We are reminded in 2 Corinthians 1-11, you help us by your prayers. So we want to encourage you to join the prayer team of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. You can join the Hope for the Heart prayer team at hopefortheheart.org pray. When you sign up to join our prayer team, we will send you an email each month To keep you updated with the latest prayer needs of June Hunt and the ministry of Hope for the Heart. Our prayer team is a great way to stay connected and support June and support the Hope of the Night broadcast. We are so grateful for your prayers and support of our listeners and friends like you who make this ministry possible. You can join our prayer team at hopefortheheart.org slash pray. That's hopefortheheart.org slash pray. And thank you for partnering with us in prayer.
0: You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver, and we'll get back to our caller in a moment. If you have any questions about tonight's topics or any number of topics, we have over 100 of our Keys for Living to help you address your situation. Our Keys for Living provide biblical hope and practical help on a variety of topics, and they really do a full, in-depth study of any particular topic. One is sure to... uh, relate to what you're dealing with in your life. As June was talking about the topic of lying a moment ago and uh, just a, a story about that, we have keys for living on that. If that's uh, something that would interest you, it's something that, that uh, maybe you struggle with or someone you care about is uh, dealing with that, the the keys for living there are called Lying versus Truthfulness How to Stop Truth Decay. And uh, our customer support team is available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time at 800 488 Hope. They'll help you get the right resources into your hands. Their number again, 800 488 Hope. Also, check out our website if you'd like a full listing of those keys for living, as well as other resources that June has put out over the years uh, Bible studies and uh, even music CDs. It's all there at slash store. Hope for the Heart org store Let's return to tonight's conversation with David.
1: Well, David, you're being very specific. You're being concrete, and you're being um, candid about things that you where somebody could come and blame you and and yet i i truly identify with you in uh so many ways um I, and just to, just to tell you one thing <clears throat> um i grew up uh i never thought about it but the the person who was so very hard on me she would say cut it straight June cut it straight and i would be Basically, kind of caught in. Uh, I'd never thought of myself as lying. I thought that uh, I had to just change the truth, meaning I lied, but I, I didn't think of it that way. It's like I need to tell it this way. There was a certain reason, and uh, I I remember being bothered that I, I really finally realized, you know, yes, I lie, but I don't want to. I don't want to. And I could not understand why. And then um, I asked the Lord to help me understand um, why do I do what I don't want to do. And later I, um, I thought, I remember being in the garage and I asked God to, would you help me understand me? And I, all of a sudden I thought, when was the first time I could remember lying? Immediately I knew the answer. I grew up uh, with a fictitious last name. I know, knew how to fill out forms in school. I knew it wasn't true, but I was told how to fill out forms because my father had three families going on concurrently, and we were the third family. And uh, I, I, uh, we were just a family off on the side, and so I knew how to answer questions. But I didn't think of it as lying. I thought of it as being loyal. Or I thought of it as survival later, when if my dad would get upset with something, finally, after... An, 12 years uh, uh, my parents married and um, I'm telling you this because I know what it's like to feel I I'm trying to survive with someone who's very difficult and um, I would have lied I would have done anything to keep my dad from hurting my mom from but but yet He did. He kept hurting her. And I didn't know what to do about that. But I did. I'm when I would lie in any way just to keep him from getting upset. So I know when we're young, we don't. uh, uh, Now that's being young, but I mean, in my adulthood, I also uh, changed the truth. But because there was a pattern. And I didn't know what to do about it. By the way, years ago, when I first taught on the topic of lying, I found a survey, and I told the survey about the general public, how many, what percentage of the general public lies. 93%. I was stunned. 93%. Then, a few years ago, I taught on the topic again of lying and I wondered if I could find an act and I thought I wonder if the percentage is actually a whole lot lower and I found a secular uh, entity that I had looked at before it's totally secular well I was wrong it wasn't 93% it was 94% of the public regularly lies now that is no excuse for me and I had to go to war over lying. What, I, what that meant is uh, I I asked God to help me figure out something that could make a difference because it dawned on me I was doing this at times out of loyalty or just to keep from having a negative repercussion at home. Does that make sense to you what I'm saying?
4: Yeah, it does. It um... does. I think that's kind of the same probably uh thought process is not wanting to have a negative outlook on yourself my, myself or it's easier than dealing with the consequences and I know that that's kind of like when I was younger and still into into my going life and I have gone to battle with that um you know it's been. I'm not saying that i still don't I try my best to to communicate clearly um, and I, I try my best to tell tell truth but the, I understand that uh you know even on our best days righteousness is 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 just filthy rags you know so I have my daily time when I wake up and I stay grounded that way um
1: that that's I, huge. Yeah, what you've just said is, you knew you had to deal with this. Um, I I use the term I had to go to war, and what I did is, I finally I realized Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, and He can't. In fact, Scripture says that God cannot lie, and so I thought if I am to represent who Jesus is. And we are told to be Christ-like, um, to be godly. So, I thought I, I've got to go to war, and as uh, what that meant is, no matter how badly I looked in the eyes of anybody, I had to tell the truth, because it's very different. I mean, they're they're going we're always gonna have people who will criticize us, and yet. Just to know, this is a non-negotiable. This is a non. In fact, it's one of the Ten Commandments: Do not bear false witness. And so, uh, I'm I'm glad that you have uh, determined. Uh, and by the way, this is something where um, anything that you recognize that where you've fallen short, you what you, what you must do is say. I've really been thinking about this, and I I recognize that what I did at an earlier time not only was wrong, but it led it could lead to uh, you not trusting uh, what should be a trustworthy relationship. And I do I need to ask: Will you forgive me?
4: Yeah, June, have you, I have, have I have done I have done that several times. Uh, I've asked for forgiveness. I've asked to go through a a retreat uh, with professional counselors. Uh, But my wife is so insistent that I need to come clean with everything I've ever done. Again, the biggest thing is that I would love to see what she has on her camera feed, but she she won't show me. And that is what she's wanting me to confess. She has she has mentioned that uh, I have several things that you've done on camera. Um, and she's mentioned a few of them, and I'm like, how did that happen? That there's n- I have no remembrance of anything mm-hmm. in the in the remote likeliness, but she believes this like a child believes in the Easter Bunny. Um, and she holds it against me, and her heart is so hard and hardened that that no apology is acceptable, except coming clean with everything that she believes that I've done. Secondly, mm-hmm. that's just scratching the surface. Um, there's dissension in the family now because the kids have been swayed to believe a lot of what is going on is uh so i'm i'm really the bad guy i'm i'm a mm. visitor visitor in my own home i don't get to make any decisions for the kids my wife doesn't want me picking the kids up because they're not comfortable with me um and part of that is because we've we've had altercations where we were yelling and screaming in front of the kids your spouse really knows how to push your buttons and, and antagonize, and it's mm-hmm. like the guy that gets uh, that that gets hit when the teacher's back is turned, and then he mm-hmm. responds, and he gets in trouble.
1: Yes, you know? mm-hmm.
4: There's other things too. It's like I, one of the things I'm confused about. I, I there's this whole area of, like, spiritual warfare that I've been reading on. And the thing is, is that earlier in our marriage, when we first got married, within the first year, I sensed a call to ministry, and I was very resistant because I saw what my dad went through. So I was very, very, very hesitant very resistant. We were having some problems then, and we got to what I thought was rock bottom, and I finally got to the point where I accepted my call literally that weekend, I went to a revival and this pastor that I've never seen before, never heard before. In the middle of a sermon, he turns, looks over in the corner and he asks me, sir, are you a minister? And he just pauses and I admit to him that I just accepted my calling. That was 22, uh, 22 years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Over the last eight years. Since my wife has been sick, I have not been active in ministry, and I'm, and um, it seems like the more I resist, the more things get worse. It just keep, continue to get worse with me and my wife. Um, so I, I, since going back to that call, I have asked God to. Heal my marriage, but I keep hearing this same phrase over and over. I hear, but I come first. And even when I'm praying, I hear that, but I come first. So I'm very confused about some things, especially this whole thing about am I being overly sensitive? Is this spiritual warfare am I on my marriage? Is this an attack? I'm not sure.
1: Okay, we'll hold that thought.
7: No matter what you're facing, there's hope. Sometimes it's hard to believe that. When we face challenges at home, work, in our family, or maybe a private struggle, it can be hard to see what God is doing. The good news is you're not alone. If you're facing a difficult life issue, we'd love to help. Give us a call at 1-800-917 to talk with June Hunt on the Hope in the Night broadcast. You can talk with June about any issue, whether it's family family, marriage, anxiety, anger, abuse, grief, or just the everyday stress of life. June would love to hear your story and work through it together with God's Word. The Bible says there is surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. If you'd like to talk with June, give us a call at 1-800-917. That's 1-800-644-4817. Your story might bless someone else's life.
3: The sound you're hearing is your generosity at work. That's our folding machine preparing hundreds of our short biblical resources to send to prisoners around the country. Hi, I'm Curtis Hale, president of Hope for the Heart. I want to say thank you for your prayers and financial support of our ministry. Thanks to your generosity, we've been able to send thousands of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to prisoners in Texas and to Rikers Island in New York City. These practical resources are pointing inmates to the hope of God's Word on issues like anger, abuse, depression, loneliness, salvation, and more. They're truly changing lives, and this is all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash hope. That's hopefortheheart.org give hope
0: you're listening to hope in the night with June Hunt this is a ministry of hope for the heart and we thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. And uh, if you have questions or concerns about any any of the topics that come up here on the program, just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. They're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll be happy to help you to get the right resources into your hands point you to some of our free resources on the website or the uh, books and uh, materials that we have that you can have sent to you. You can order directly from them. Their number, again, 800-488-HOPE. Eight hundred four eight eight four six seven three. You can also email them if you have questions that you'd like to address there. It's uh, customer support at org. That's customer support at Returning now to tonight's conversation with David.
1: David, I, I just thank you for your candor. Um, it would be difficult if um, you were not communicating very challenging situations and times when you've chosen wrong. Um, You know, people can be very forgiving if there is admission. Let's talk about your kids. Um, You said that uh, the kids believe her, and you said then, They've seen us fight. Okay. It takes two to make a fight. Uh, one thing that we have to do is evaluate. What do you do when things are getting heated? You walk away. It's and not not out of um, not not uh, out of. Uh, I'll show you. It's. I need to leave for a few minutes. I will be back, or I'll be be back after a while. Um, and but my thought is, okay, the kids have seen this, and one of the things that you could do is think about each of your children. You said you have three. One is at home. Um, One's in college, correct? Right, two at home. Oh, two are at home. Okay, sorry, I misunderstood. Um, I think for you to think okay, I want to have an open conversation with each of my children individually, and what that would mean is. I I want to tell you. I used to live for the day my dad would ever admit he was wrong. Well, that is not you. Dad would. My dad would never, ever, and even I would be so excited when finally it was something was absolutely clear it was wrong, and then he would just change. (laughs) You know, it still was that he wasn't wrong. So. I respect a father who will admit, I not. It, it could be I made a mistake or I I, I was wrong here, because there's so many that don't do that. And a, a a way to do that would be, you know, think about. Um, with whichever one first you have the best relationship with of the three, and just say, I'd like to talk to you just very candidly, just one on one, just between the two of us. I'm thinking about, first of all, I love you and I will always love you. There'll never be a day I don't love you. And you can say, I. By the way, I'm talking about agape love seeks the highest good of the other person. And what that means is, it, 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 regardless of emotion, because it's not emotion, it's being devoted to do what's best in behalf of the other person. And so for you to say, I will always care about you, and I will seek to do what's right, in God's sight, in regard to you. As I've been thinking recently, I realized I was wrong a number of times. Like, for example, at times you heard, you must have heard that your mother and I, uh, th- th- you just say, I-, I remember there was yelling. And that's not best for you. It wasn't right. And I needed to learn how to control my emotions. And I'm asking God to make me into the man that he created me to be. And that is going to be foremost in my mind. Because then I will always do what's best for you. And but state other what any anything else that is true don't admit wrong that you did not commit and just say my commitment is to become the man god created me to be and you would say would you forgive me for these things whatever they are and then just if if there's a yes or if there's a no then just say, well, then one day I, I hope you will forgive me. But if the answer is yes, just say, then, what else is there that you can think of where I was wrong? And you wait. What else? And if they say, well, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. What else? And listen. And then you ask forgiveness again. Then you say, what else? Now, I'm not saying they're going to come out with other things. But if they do, let them know that you just say you want to be a man of integrity. And you say, I'm committed to being a man of integrity who does what is right in God's sight. And then you go to the second child, whichever one... You feel led to go to, and then the third, and you do the same thing. Or I should ask you: Do you want to become the man that God created you to be?
4: Oh, definitely. I definitely. thought you I would say
1: that. yes. 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 And,
4: and by, yeah. And but yeah,
1: good. See that that's huge, and I can tell you, kids, typically, they are glad to forgive because they know they've chosen wrong too. I think your kids, you can reinstate uh, your relationship as a father that they would trust and they would want... uh, You know, I've asked for years kids who are at odds with their parents, I, I would say, if you could have the best relationship possible... With your father or your mother, which one? It I said. Would would you want to have that? And they always say yes. So I want you to think of this in the most positive way. But bottom bottom line, it's right because the Bible says if someone has something against you, forget about giving a gift to God. You go and you make it right with that that person and then you come back and you give your gift so god is far more interested in our relationships than a display of doing something for god you're actually doing what is biblical and go to each of the kids and in time if you uh, I'm hearing that you have asked forgiveness multiple times of your wife. Um, I think at some point you could still try to do this, but make the list and then come back. And I understand that she has imagined something that's not true. Um, and, and you can say, I'm going to be candid with you. And I've, I've learned this was not, the way I should have handled it. I've even admitted at times, just to get past the impasse, I've admitted I was wrong when I wasn't, but I was wrong in these in these incidents. So my point is, um, let's begin with the kids. Is that okay?
4: Yeah, that, that's kind of where I started last week uh, when we had our last... Uh, blow up. Kids were actually in the closet hiding. Um, Mm. And my daughter actually admitted how she felt. She felt like I hadn't been there for her. Growing up, um, I worked a lot and I became very, very, very concerned with their well-being financially and physically, Um, partly because I grew up with a lot of financial hardship, and I never wanted that on my kids. Yes. So that, be- that became 95% of what I did when my wife was sick was I worked. Uh, and I just continued to work to fill yes. the needs. And because I wasn't home, the void, that became a void. Um, and I was unaware of a lot of things and even when I asked questions, they were more inclined to open up to their mom. And uh, I missed a lot of my daughter's formative years because I just wasn't home and not aware and did not, uh, and I admitted to her, that I did not pursue. Um, uh, the way that I should have. I'm you know, to to
1: her. This is very important. This is this is huge. It, it's huge that you can articulate and you're you're saying it so accurately, so poignantly, uh, this is huge for you to articulate when you do this one on one with each one. Ask, turn back around after you mention the things that you now see. And by the way, this is normal in normal living, is to later look back and think, oh, I wish I had done this. Everybody has that. So for you to verbalize it, speaking the truth in love, this this is huge. I respect right now, my friend, what you're saying. And the way you've stated it is you wish you had known so you could have done some things differently. Now, there were financial needs, and I get that. And you were trying to meet those needs. But um, I think this is the the first step. Let's see about... uh, and and you tell them that you're going to each of the siblings to say to to admit for different reasons with different or different issues with each of the kids say i was wrong would you forgive me they will respect you for that and there can be genuine reconciliation we're going to send you our material On
0: that, you hang on. We will send our keys for living on reconciliation called Rebuilding the Broken Relationships. We'll send that out to tonight's caller. We do that free of charge, by the way, because of your generous support of this ministry. And if you'd like to give to keep those resources going out and to keep this program on the air, you may do so at hopefortheheart.org slash givehope. And we thank you. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and past programs are available at HopeForTheHeart.org. Also, our program can be found on all major podcast platforms. To get in touch with the program, call 800-917. We'd love to include you as part of an upcoming program. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.